0: Talking tech. There is a lot going
1: on in technology as always. <laughs> Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 343. Thanks to the good people at Nicky and Uniden, Stephen Fenwick, we are together again uh, on off-site, on an outside off-site. broadcast. This is becoming a habit. Yeah, it, Well, two weeks in a row is not a habit. That's just repetitive. I so it's becoming reckon? a
2: habit. Be- becoming a habit, all right. Oh, we, should, we, we, we always get together. I think some something
1: becomes a habit after about 10 weeks. Okay. Don't you reckon? Ten yeah. occasions of something would be coming. a habit? Journey
2: of a thousand miles starts with one step. So we, we, start, we start slow, <laughs> as Confucius would say.
1: Uh, Stephen Fenwick from TechEye.com today. You, Trevor Long from EFTM.com, with you with uh, all the things in tech this week. Let's get cracking. Two
0: Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
1: Fenwick. Well, Stephen, we are in a, uh, another luxury mansion, let's be honest. Yeah. Last week it was Mossman. Yep. Uh, this week it is Bondi.
2: More my my side of the harbour, mate. My yeah, you didn't require yeah.
1: a passport to no. get here, which was good for you because yeah, you hate good. it. You hate it. But um, um, this is an interesting one for me because it's not just a location. So last week, and, and often um, products are revealed in, in home because it's just a better better environment. Yeah. And there's always a home kind of feeling to it. But this is all about um, taking over this place. We're here with Samsung. And what they've done is found A place that they can obviously spend some time in because they have basically kitted this out with every possible Samsung product you can have. There's uh, countless numbers of TVs. I mean, yes, <laughs> there's artwork, frame on, TVs there's artwork on the wall that turns into TVs because you don't right. realize the there's TV. that many of them. Yeah, um, lounge room TV, uh, stick vacuum, washing machine, dryer, there's uh, door locks, there's yep. um, there's a family fridge. hub fridge, yep, and I think. This is fascinating to me. Uh, I'm not blowing smoke up there uh, behind because they're here, but it's fascinating to me because we've seen this stuff before, right? Yeah. Um, CES, EFA, we went to Rome earlier in the year. We've seen all this stuff. Yes, you do connect at home. Yes, stuff talks together. But this is in Australia. Every product here is available and it all works. Like Mm. we're able to see each and everything working together.
2: Well, they call that in situ. We're seeing it as it is, as it operates. Why do you have to be so nerdy? Okay. (laughs) Uh, and let's, so let's start with with the family hub. We've we've
1: both uh, lucky enough to have a family hub at home yeah. and experienced the concept of a smart fridge. Um, and there's a lot about the family hub to love, and you know, m- memos, looking inside, uh, internet yeah. connectivity, shopping on the fridge. But the connected home part of it is something that we haven't yet really ventured into because yeah. we've uh, the next version of the family hub that you'll find in stores around June, end of June, is actually the third version of the fridge, but also third version of the software. Um, and just like when Android and Apple update their software every year. You know, big leaps and bounds in certain areas. So this this version of software that will come to people with the second generation fridge, but not those with the first. Yeah.
2: So if you've if you've already invested in your version two, which was. A year, a year ago, yep. you're going to still get the software update.
1: But if you're an early adopter and went for version one, version one, yeah, you're yeah. going to miss out. But Time to hit eBay. If you uh, <laughs> but the the point of, the point of version three that we that we like to look at here today is the connected home. So, mm. the, so remember, Samsung bought SmartThings, which was a, a U.S. company that was doing really cool stuff in the connectivity space, bringing multiple devices together yep. so they could communicate with each other.
2: And, and years ahead, years ahead of what, where we are today, where oh, yeah. this suddenly becoming reality, they they had the foresight to. Have okay this this company which they acquired yep. was going to be where the where the puck's going to be you know what I mean where it's going to be where we're going to be in a few years time yeah that's right so, and it was so great foresight they,
1: they've now updated that it's a very simple to use app and now you're getting to the point where all the Samsung devices are integrated through that app so you're on the fridge and you've got the TV you've got the washing machine they all appear a robot mm-hmm. vacuum um, they all appear on the fridge as things that you can control. And most of the time, you think, "What do I need? Like, what do I need uh, to be able to control my my washing machine for? What, What what do I need to be able to do with the TV? What do I need?" But you're you're in the kitchen, right? And you're you're about to I don't know finish up dinner. Um, the kids are upstairs doing their homework or whatever it is, You know, it would be good to run the vacuum over or you're just about to leave home. You're in the fridge. You don't have to walk over to where the vacuum is. You don't even have to open up your phone. You just press on the smart things. You press on the vacuum
2: and you press play. And off it goes on its run around the home. It's all about making it easier for people. And if you've got that access to answer your doorbell or look through your security cameras or start your washing machine or know when your washing machine is over, your, your cycle's done... And that, that's the whole concept of this. The whole concept of the, the smart home is making that simplicity and convenience. Oh. And it's good that we've seen it in action here the, from the vacuum, the the, uh, the quick drive washing machine, mm. the family hub, power the power stick as well. Um, See, the interesting you know, thing is, and they made this
1: point to us earlier, you don't need to buy it all. Right, you don't need to go to Harvey Norman and say, "I want every Samsung." They'd love it if you did, because it'd Mm. be a massive um, investment, and Harvey's would probably give you fifty-five years (laughs) interest-free. But um, you could buy, let's say, your washing machine's, you know, end of life, or it's you realizing it's not efficient. You buy Mm. a new new Samsung in this case, uh, Q Drive Quick Drive washing machine, Mm -hmm. um, and you get a whole whole heap of benefits initially because it is a modern bit of technology, and. They've had the ad wash for a few years, which is a front loader washing machine that allows you to throw some socks, undies or shirt in while you're going. Mm-hmm. Plus, they've got um, in it now a new, this Q-Drive technology yeah. basically makes the whole wash much, much more efficient. And so you're getting that straight off the bat when you buy a new washing machine. Mm. But what you're not getting is um, from another washing machine that might be efficient is the connectivity. Yeah. And I like the idea of being able to use your smartphone to get a notification. Maybe not start the washing machine. That does feel like a bit of a leap forward for most people. I mean, I've just loaded the thing. Why wouldn't I push the button now? Mm-hmm. But the, the great example of that is I've loaded my, you know, five kilos of washing, you know, for the, for the day into the washing machine um, with the app or the, or the fridge. You can actually go, do you know what? I'm, I'm at work. I loaded it. Now I'm go- yeah. I've worked out I'm going to be home at six o'clock. You can actually set it up so that it finishes the load of washing when you get home at six well, o'clock.
2: What, what about the curator though? So the the smarts of the of the, the the system is not just being able to hit go and have the washing ready. It's it's also the suggestions that it to don't mix your t-shirts with your blouses. Yeah. And so, I made so when the you're point ticking the ticking the boxes that you that that, that for. For someone who doesn't do the washing often, and not that I, you know, not that I don't do the washing often, but for well, I someone don't. who's coming into it fresh, well, it was very nice like, of you, not, like you to, not to initially point the finger well, at me. I wasn't going to say anything, but but I don't do the washing. You, I've been but banned. It, but it is, it, it's again that layer of convenience that yeah. can help prevent. Like imagine if you, if that feature wasn't there, you might have put a, a blouse in with a coloured t-shirt and ruined everything. This well, at least has got your back. Having seen that, so the Q
1: RATER, I'm very nifty, because um, it's a Q drive washing machine. Um, the Q app kind of says to you, right, what are you doing? And, uh, and you say, you got the options there, like it tick boxes. Hmm. So if I said t shirts, it automatically blacks out, it grays out the, the, other ones. the sweaters, <laughs> yeah. right, the woolen sweaters. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that's where I went wrong. That's you, where just, I you just throw it all in together. I just threw it all in. There yeah, was a woolen see. sweater in there, and that sweater, it now fits rookie, a six-year-old. It was meant to be mistake. for a 40-year-old. So yeah. big problems. And so it automatically kind of gives you that hint. And then in the next step, yeah. it says, are they coloured? Are they are they mm. just heavily soiled or, or lightly? So you know yeah. whether to do a, a long wash or a short wash. So there, there's some smarts there. And what about the um, – and again, you kind of don't know this unless you've looked at a shop. But when was the last time anyone who doesn't need a washing machine actually looked for a washing machine? There's a 15-minute cycle.
2: Yeah, quick like one. a quick one but for Lightly Sword stuff. That's done. the beauty of it. You, you can say, oh, I need I need the cycle done by a certain time. It'll say, righto, you need to do this, start it at this time. You need to choose this cycle. Uh, I liked it also, too, where it gave you a menu choice and said, okay, here are your options. It even gave you the energy usage for yes. each cycle. So if you weren't in a hurry, you could put it on super eco mode, and that's the lowest energy usage. Mm. So... All these little choices that it's giving us, it just helps, that, that just adds to the appeal of the product.
1: Um, the Stick Vacuum Power Stick Pro. So this is a huge space, right? You saw, we saw Dyson leave, basically yeah. leave the, the barrel vacuum market early this year. They've, they're no more; they're not making corded vacuums anymore. You so walk stick in, is the go now. You walk into Harvey Norman, there's massive Dyson signs. They're selling big numbers of Dysons. You've got LG, a couple of years ago, started the Cord Zero, which looked a bit Electrolux to me. But this year their Cord Zeros are, are very much the kind of upright stick with the little barrel at the end. And this... Is a still? It's a, actually a much more modern, futuristic-looking design. The PowerStick Pro, but the concept is the same. You're holding in the hand, yeah. up near your hand, is the, is the actual core of the vacuum. But you
2: don't. I kept pulling the trigger. You don't have to hold the trigger down. Yep. There's and, an on
1: button. And then there's a long stick <laughs> down to the thing. So the I want that's a that's a key differentiator that you just yeah. mentioned there, right? And now I've got the Dyson and the LG at home, and um, the Dyson requires you to pull the trigger yeah. constantly and hold it. And I know, yes, mate. You poor dear. I'm telling you. You poor dear. I'm telling you that is not. A, a good action to be doing for yeah. forty minutes. If you clean the whole house, yeah, that's true. mate. That hurts, yeah. and and I know now why you don't have that problem because you're only ever using the turbo modes You're only ever doing you're like a doing 10, 10, minutes ten minute time. Yeah. But if you actually go and do the whole house, mate, that hurts your finger. So I've been using the LG. You put press one button, it turns on. You're not holding a trigger. Same and then so there's, as well. Then I'll get to that. Yeah. Then there's a button to say you know more power, more power, and turbo. Samsung have a power button on the top, so you press it, it's on, mm. and there's a trigger which, you, while ever you're holding it in, is in turbo mode. mode. And I, I, think it's so funny short spurts because it. our default is to just go. Well, of course, I want the most suction possible, right? Of That's course right. I want turbo right. mode. But <laughs> see, when they're, when they're rated to 40 minutes of cleaning power, you think, well, why is this thing running out after 10 minutes? It's rubbish. Yeah, they it's do because the, the, you're doing turbo mode. Yeah.
2: And we, we were told, too, that they do all of the comparative testing on the regular mode, Yeah, Sam so the, not on the turbo mode.
1: Sam, the Samsung man. He's he's pointed out very clearly yep. that the the Cheerio tests is what it's called. So I <laughs> think Coco Pops or whatever on the floor. Yeah. Um, Cheerios in the US. When you when you vacuuming up those things, and I look at them, I go, "Well, there's some, there's a lot of rubbish." Like my kids, are just awful at the dinner yeah. table. There's bloody pasta on the floor. There's everything. <laughs> there's bread tags in the kitchen. It's amazing to me that a stick vacuum can get those can things. But all, secondly, yeah. it can do it in normal mode. It does not have to be. In mm. turbo mode. That's what's critical. What it doesn't about the, have to what be about in turbo the flex mode. head though. The flex
2: is that the, it flexes the, to 50 degrees.
1: That's the key point of difference. Now, th- people will be clear here we're not talking about the end on the floor, which flexes on, yeah. on most vacuums, although this is this very, is very good. The handle, it's the though. top where your handle is that you yep. can press a tab. And the whole handle feels like it disconnects from the from the barrel and the stick of the it back in, 50 degrees, so that you, you've not only got the flexibility of the head down the bottom, but the barrel up the top flexes, so yeah. that you've got two essentially two angles: one on the floor and one up at your hand. Yeah. So you, you're
2: you basically bending down a lot less. And it was also pointed out that if to try to do that with another cleaner, especially if you're having to hold the trigger and sort of try to get underneath the the. the Couch hmm. that's going to just add more stress, and with our ageing population, that uh, was pointed out to us as not not a favourable feature. But another thing that I liked about the the power sticks was the fact that. You can there. There's kind of little things that have got your back in terms of the battery. You press the battery, and it doesn't just pop out of the machine. Mm. You can, It's also got. They they said the battery's rated. It's got a longer lifespan as well. So it's like 80% after however yeah, many so years. In, in, in yeah. So it'll still done, retain the charge.
1: No, no. I'm going to yeah. tell you that in terms of watching, you know, it not not actually physically using it at home yet. But the um, the 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 bin that you empty right. So when I mm. when I'm um t- cleaning out the Dyson. I take the, the big stick off the end and mm. I go out to the auto bin and I clip the bottom and, and the whole thing falls yeah. out in the but auto bin. You've got to bin. take the whole thing out there, don't yeah. Well, it's only the head, but you're not taking the stick off. But it's still yeah, a big, still big, the big chunk head. of yeah, yeah. This thing, the little the little receptacle where mm. all the rubbish is, the mm. whole receptacle comes off and it's not loose, open. You could tip it upside down. It's not yeah. there. And then there's a button to release it all into the bin. So you can literally release it into the bin in
2: the kitchen. Yeah. And, and not, not make, make a mess. mess. Yeah, That's Jinx. important. Yeah. <laughs> So
1: yeah. you know they're little things, right? And it's a tough market because here's the challenge, and this goes back to: Do you remember six years ago? We're, we're talking about people trying to take on the iPad, and we're talking about why are you pricing your tablet at the same price? Yeah. They're, they're, you're in it. You're in Harvey Norman, right? You, your wife and yourself are desperate to buy a new one of these yeah. fancy Stick facts. Stick yep. You got eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand, whatever dollars you've got, and you yep. think you're going to buy dice, and then you're presented with options. You've mm. got the Cord Zero, you've got the Power Stick Pro, right? Now at 700 there's a 699 or 799. 799 you get the hard floor and another attachment and things. So you're standing there and you your initial decision is based pretty much on price mm. and, and brand awareness and Dyson has huge brand awareness. Dyson, yeah, absolutely. So the challenge for Samsung other let alone LG. The challenge for Samsung is at the retail store level, can they get the same cut through with the retail store staff? who are guiding people through those decisions. Can they demonstrate in, you know, one minute or less something like, A, the, 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 the handle angle, the, the, the flex, flex yep. and, the, and the barrel um, emptying, you know? Those two things alone would be, they're points of difference. Absolutely. That need yeah. to be demonstrated and seen that make mm. you go, oh, actually... Oh, mm. I can't do that with the Dyson. Well,
2: no, you're right. It's important at the store at, at the store level, and and I'm pretty sure there'd be Samsung staff manning those areas. Have you seen the sort of little store within a store they have now? No, no, they're quite expensive way to yeah. do it. But you know, but if you can if you can demonstrate the difference between what the Dyson can do and what your product can do, mm. then well worth it. But the, those points of difference. Uh, uh, noticeable enough and I think big enough for customers to be able to sort of really differentiate between the products. It's not like one is imitating the other. There's enough differences in one product to say, okay, well, that gives me that option and the other
1: mate there's a massive flying over Bondi Beach right now behind you quick look there's a massive buddy um, Air Force Caribou like, fair dinkum, I wonder what you are pointing at low as hell just flew over the beach line yeah. you would This is, and that ladies and gentlemen is why the beach line the coastline of Sydney is a no fly zone for drones well reminder. at height
2: yeah I've always got my eyes open when I'm flying at Marubra. yeah no absolutely
1: <laughs> two blokes talking tech uh, all the details of the Samsung Connected Home over the coming days at eftm.com and techguide.com.au <laughs>
2: Now, we know Norton as a brand that is obviously the first thing you think about is they're a very well respected internet security uh, software company. But they've now entered the hardware space with a new router called the Core Wi Fi router. And the difference here being is that all of their smarts in the security space is now baked into this router Mm. so that we can now protect our whole network. Before, if if a threat if a threat is coming into our network, this is will become the gatekeeper, where it can use its technology to prevent any threats. And we're talking not just your computers and your laptops. Uh, we're talking about the the little products like that, your ring doorbells, it's all your IoT products. It's the,
1: yeah, it's the products that you don't you don't install. So I, I think of these things as being the products that you don't install in internet security software. And it could be your TV too, yeah. right? Any product that is smart, connected to the internet, and like I've got 56 devices on my home network right now. And I think about them, okay, so there's a couple of laptops, there's two computers, and I guess maybe three yeah. or four phones, right? So let's call it just, let's say 10 of them. So one-fifth of them are compatible with antivirus software. So the other yeah. four-fifths of my home yeah. are, are potentially potential expressed. Well,
2: that's right. Well, they're saying that they are the weak links in your network and they've been exploited. We've heard all the stories about baby monitors and security cameras being taken over by hackers. But the other interesting thing that Norton pointed out was that in their latest security, their security report, that the router is often an exploited part of your network too. Right. So if they get in your router, then game over. So with this... They're giving, uh, not only do you get the hardware, but they've also offer the license for 10 of your devices. So you, you're not going to only use your laptop at home. You're going to take your laptop out. So you'll still get that security when you're outside the network. Mm. But I, we had, I had sat down with the guys from Norton at Seabit the other day and I, I asked the question. And I said, well, here's a product that since, let, let's call it, since three years ago since Netflix started, mm. is when people really started paying attention to their Wi-Fi networks and the quality of the Wi-Fi network. So having Wi-Fi... It was one thing, but having a quality Wi-Fi network was yeah. something else. So I asked the question, I said, well, some people, uh, you know, how, how will yours stack up against the other routers in the market, like your Orbeez and yeah. your Velops and all these other mesh systems? And they, they, they did a lot of work in, on the hardware side, and they came back and said, well, a lot of those mesh networks are mainly two-by-two two routers that, that, that connect two-by-two. Two. They've still got the multiple user, multiple input, multiple output. The the Norton router. I still don't know you mean by two x two. Well it's a, that that's just how the router's configured. This is a four by four router. So the different multiple M U M I O setup on this one device. Have you seen what it looks like? It looks like yeah, a looks I don't like even s- the name it, it looks like a funny looking ball. It looks like a the three sixty five. They fly. called it uh, they no, they called it a geodesic dome. Don't you reckon it looks like a three sixty five? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good the old camera? I was yeah. wondering that. Yeah. But with with that so my, my question was is this going to stack up in terms of range, speed, performance as those others? And the, and the investment in the hardware is they've got a 1.6 gigahertz dual-core processor, mm. 1 gig of RAM, 4 gig of flash memory as well. Yeah. So they're testing, according to the, their their claims, and I haven't reviewed the product yet, but they say that their coverage would be similar to what Orbi can achieve right now. Out cool. of one, out of one, I don't believe out that of one. Well, I'm, I'm going to test this when I get the device through. I think the problem, it's not out till July. So I think the problem with that
1: is they'll be looking at that, and I'm happy to test it too. But my problem is I think they're saying if you put it in the middle of the home, it will get the same range. But no, no one has hmm. their modem in the middle of their home. That's why yeah. Google Wi-Fi and um, D-Link cover and Netgear Orbi work is because your modem can be anywhere and the satellites extended across your home sufficiently there's just no way that a single yep. device can can meet meet a mesh network which is why i wonder can it also be used as just a home network protection device. So my, my example is Trend Micro. If you tried the Trend Micro yeah. home network security box, small box doesn't have Wi-Fi, doesn't mm. have anything. It's just got mm. power and Ethernet. It just sits anything. between the modem and your the, router. Well, it doesn't, no, no, it just sits on your network. Oh, you right. just plug it into the network, and because it's on the network, it's monitoring all traffic, and therefore it can, it can create a block and an alert. So it becomes like a little firewall that sits in, within your network. So uh, if, if the um, Norton product, core, what's it called? Core, core Wi-Fi if the norton core product can be just norton core on your network then mate, I think it's got it's got legs
2: well the other the other Surprise. thing the other thing is that you may already have a router in your home yeah and to introduce this you need to put this yeah, ahead of your, your other or something. You know? Yeah, so you need you'll need to put this ahead of your other router. So if you want that, and this has got parental controls and all these other things, you can really drill down, especially for for a parent. You can per user, you can turn off individual devices and pause the internet. So there's all these other features. Yeah. So if you you can actually put this ahead of your router. By that I mean the core connects to your modem, and then you connect your other routers to the core. So that it is, it, it's that first line before the other router. So it's got, yeah. it's got that. That's a proper like uh, Dan said, it's a, it's it's a, a proper a firewall. firewall. Yeah. yeah. So, in in this situation, they said look, again, it'll it'll still do things like being able to prioritize 4K content, so you can prioritize bandwidth to different products, and yeah. and it's got four Ethernet ports as well, two USB three ports. So it's uh, and there's also the app that also gives you a security score. So when you set it up, they explain that. It'll look at all your setup and it'll identify the holes in your network. So you, you, you might say, well, your doorbell's still got the default password on it or a pretty weak password on it or whatever. So it'll give you a score. So it might give you, say, a score of 300 or whatever. I wonder if and we then, can look at software version to see what devices you've failed to update. Yeah, that's well, like that, I'm not sure whether that's part of the, yeah, that. I, I again, that might, I, I haven't really might be it. part yeah, of the yeah. score, yeah. But um, it, it, again, it's not just plug it in and I'm good. This this uh, sort of can almost educate the the customer to so, say, right, well, this, how you've configured that, that's not safe. And it can even, you know, like you've got, you got an electrical safety switch at home. So, say you've got a dodgy mm. toaster connected to your house, yeah, right? Yeah. It trips the safety switch so nothing else gets harmed. This can do a similar thing with a, with a product that may be vulnerable. It can hive it off and put it on its own little network so that it can't infect the rest of the network. Yeah, right. So it's got that kind of smarts built into it, baked into that hardware. I think uh, it's, it's going to be out in a couple of months, but I'm really looking forward to get my hands on this one because yeah. this could really sort of help customers secure their network. Yeah it's going to be 3.99 but that includes but that includes a year's worth of software for 10 there's 10 licenses yeah. and then there's an ongoing Which in it license itself, it's not only $150 they so, have it yeah. yeah so uh they they you know and Norton a very trusted company and they they're identifying threats all the time they're one of the authorities in internet security so having giving you that peace of mind i think with you know still getting your fast connections on your network and having that speed that safety as well give a lot of people peace of mind, and I look forward to seeing that and reviewing it in a couple of months. Check out the details, techguide.com.au.
0: Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick.
2: The Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast is proudly sponsored by Uniden, and they've just released a range of dash cams including the iGo Cam 80. Now this is one of the first dash cams that offers 4K resolution, so you can see uh, even higher even higher quality video through the camera. So really important in identifying Things like number plates and street signs and even people and, and car makes and models. So if there ever is a time you need to identify or use a video, you can see all of that detail. But it's not only giving it's not doesn't not only got your back in terms of having your side of the story told, but it also has a lot of safety features. It's got a two point four inch L C D screen. Uh, it's also got speed and red light camera warnings, but it can. It's also got it's also got lane assistance too. So if you drift out of a lane, it can. This is a feature normally found in higher end cars. It can give you an audible and visual warning to uh, to get back in your lane. So good good, good safety features included as well. Uh, it also works, and uh, it not only does it work on the road, but it also has a parking mode. So if you uh, have your car parked and a car happens to hit your car this will activate and record instantly its surroundings. So gone are the times where that person who backed in your car not leaving a note, well, you're going to have a video to to catalogue that whole thing. The Uniden iGo Cam 80, it's available now, it's $279, and it's one of many of the uh, cams in the Uniden range. You can check that out at (laughs) uniden.com.au. Well, as if Spotify,
1: Apple Music, and every other bloody streaming Amazon service, Prime, Amazon Amazon Music, music Unlimited, yep. wasn't enough. We know. need another one. Well, yeah. But here's the crazy thing. YouTube Music is launching next Wednesday here in Australia, uh, and globally at the same time. Um, Google already have Google Play Music. You can already... They just want to compete against each they other. Can, you can already buy a music subscription service on bloody Google. So their, their own company, YouTube, is now setting up a, di- a separate app. Now... I'm just going to say from the start. I think so. It's a you know, $11.99 subscription monthly. You get access to music through the U, the new YouTube Music app. Now, I actually cannot tell from the blog post whether or not this thing is only videos or whether it's videos and audio, like just only audio files. Like I literally can't work out what the app is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so it's not like YouTube Red, is it? YouTube no, no, Red's so totally different. A couple of things. YouTube Red is being rebranded YouTube Premium. Right. So YouTube Premium launches next week. That's now the old YouTube. The old Red. YouTube Red. They can't keep you need a name. roadmap. Like they need a marketing team. They change names every <laughs> six months for their products. It's awful. So YouTube Red becomes YouTube Premium. If you want YouTube Music and YouTube Premium, it's fourteen ninety nine, and you get them both kind of thing. It's just confusing as all hell. But the, a single app that allows you to get access to all the music. They say you know covers and live performances that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I get that because they're on YouTube. My question is, is it Ring fencing that stuff away from other YouTube users. Is it? Are they uh, doing more for existing copyright holders and music rights owners to stop the rubbish appearing on YouTube as well? Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like they've done some deal with the music industry to, to m- update themselves and get themselves into the modern mm. world of streaming. I'm just not 100% sure what the whole thing is going to be until we get hands-on with it next week. Well,
2: I think you've got to remember that YouTube is one of the most visited sites on the planet. So you know, I think it's the second highest uh, search engine after Google itself. Yeah. So there's there's already a lot of eyeballs there, and a lot a lot of music is actually rather than people just listening to the music. There's a lot of people that watch a lot of the music. And oh yeah. There's even videos there that that have just got a static image and just plays the music in the background.
1: And so with the YouTube Music app, you'll get ads if you don't pay, yeah. and you won't be able to run it in the background. You won't be able to download stuff. So the, the premium you pay for 11.99 is you can run in the background, which yeah. means you close you you know go to another app and it's still playing. Yeah. That's what you want, obviously, okay. like yeah, you would yeah. with Spotify or Apple Music. Um. Plus, you can download download, download yeah, music. So, again, it's that either. whole thing of, am I downloading the video? But like, is it, so this, many questions. Isn't
2: this just a copy of Spotify and Apple Music, though? But but it, but if
1: you've got videos, are you downloading the videos well, so you Apple, can watch the videos on Apple a plane? Music just a new, they, yeah, but, got mate, too, they don't have... Like, let's be clear. Yeah, they don't one, have a library of YouTube. 1% of, the, of Apple's yeah. vi- music is video. Of course. Right? Um, so, is... is, is I, don't, I, don't, I don't, literally don't know. Is YouTube going to be 90% video and 10% audio only? It's a really interesting question. And the thing is, I, I was reading somewhere else um, that like Spotify's got like 70 million customers, paying customers. Apple's got 40 million plus the you know, 8 or 10 who are constantly in the trial. Yeah. Um, YouTube um, Red only has like 7 to 10 million. So they're kind of struggling with this premium service. And I think that's what comes from being a free service for so yeah. long and then bumping people with it with a cost. And yeah. they say, oh, YouTube, sorry, Google Play Music will remain the same. Nothing changes your playlist and your own. Because yeah. I've uploaded my whole library to Google Music. Yeah. It's there so that so I can have all, it forever right in the cloud. John Farnham. Yeah, 90% <laughs> John Farnham. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but there's, not, oh, you know what, I'll put it on the record right now, episode 343. There will come a time in the next 12 to 24 months, if not just shortly after that, that Google Play Music becomes YouTube, YouTube Music. music. Because they can't support the same two company, services, the right. same company. Well, Alphabet. Right? Well,
2: I, I know. I know giving customers choice is one thing, but when there's too much choice, well, in this case, it'd be, it'd be like Apple having two services. Yeah, it'd be like having a, like a Beat service, Beat service, and, and an Apple, Apple music service, just so because gonna, of the like, brands. Yeah. So what what, what what's going to happen with that? So, but while we're talking about YouTube, Red, can I just yeah. digress slightly? Have you watched the Cobra, Cobra Kai? Kai? No, I haven't watched it. You That's told me about it a few genius. weeks
1: ago. I've seen the promos now for it enough that... I've got a YouTube Red subscription on one of my accounts. Yeah. I just can't remember which one it is.
2: Get into it. Um, it's really, if you're a fan of the original Karate Kid, if you remember the original yeah, Karate Kid, yeah. it is uh, Do you know, what? It is is you know a where a great, great continuation. So you
1: sold me on it. I, I liked it the way you sold it to me. Yeah. But then I saw one of the pre-roll ads and I watched the whole thing. And, mate, it just seemed like the dude, the blonde-haired dude... Yeah. Was just, was just following bloody Ralph Macchio, whatever his friggin' name is. Uh, what's the young yeah, bloke? Daniel LaRusso. Daniel, yeah, yeah. It felt like it was the same storyline. Like he came no. across some thugs
2: and, you know, needed to get, needed to well, get. It's, like, it's told more from um, Johnny's side. It's I know, more but out of his, like, I know, how, where, what's happened to him.
1: Here he is, he's, he's, he's become a bum and yeah. he's coming out Down of Down and it, out, trying to get the Cobra Kai well, dojo back that again. That was what bloody yeah but it's, it's the
2: new but it's the new generation though and the sort of you know there's, there's, there's Daniel LaRusso's children and there's his his son is involved mm. and there's a lot of interaction there and them wanting to learn karate for various reasons and uh Daniel larusso has got is a, it
1: it's 10 10 episodes. Just realised I'm on episode down on billions at the moment. I might watch oh, that Sava. Yeah, that was great last Was it episode. this week? Yes. Is episode it last? Eight. There's another one. There's That's more. Two There's two oh, to go, I think. 10 altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Two Blokes Talking TV. Um, if yeah. you want more info on the YouTube musics, go to EFGM.com. And uh, if you want more TV recommendations from Stephen Fenwick, you can tweet him <laughs> at Stephen Fenwick.
0: Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and
2: Stephen Fenwick. Well, we spoke earlier about the. Amount of internet connected devices in our homes. I think. What did you say? you Got fifty fifty six. There was an interesting report by Telsite to say you've got fifty six routers. <laughs> not quite, but uh, pretty I, close. I do have the cast of Star Wars as each of, each of my networks. That's embarrassing, yeah, that's right. mate. Can you fix it? <laughs> there is. There was an interesting report from Telsite to say that. The Foad loves a oh, quote, doesn't he? He does, yeah. No, but I like his, I like his, his reports. I like his analysis. He gives good quote. He gives, he gives a lot of great stats. They do a lot of research and and analyse the whole thing. Shout out to Foad. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a fan of the podcast. And they're saying he's listening. That, I'll be amazed. Well, if we'll get a tweet this week,
1: if Foad's listening, I'm sending him the full EFTM merchandise pack. <laughs> We've got these and beautiful if you're not listening, he'll bottles. send you two. Mer- you know those drink <laughs> bottles that stay cold during the day and stay yeah. hot during the day? Unbelievable. Way to plug, very good. Way to plug your own merch, mate. I'm not it's selling it. Way to go. If you want one, just tweet me. I'll yeah. I might send you one. You never know. Okay.
2: Well, this report Black, says... Black, white uh, and silver. The, they, they did their... <laughs> <laughs> Get back to the report. Sorry. <laughs> the Australian Internet of Things Home Market Study was done by Telsite, And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that the rapid adoption of smart speakers is sort of building the foundations for, Home, our Echo, adoption, yeah, for, for our adoption into more. So they're saying that if you've got a smart speaker today and Google's ha- off to a flying start because they had pre-Christmas sales period, that you are more likely to want more right. internet It makes things, sense, devices. right? Because most people... Because you've had a taste of it.
1: Also, a lot of people are bundled. So a lot of Google Home or Amazon Echo devices are bundled with a Philips Hue light bulb. Yes. Yeah? So so it gives you that temptation tent- of going, that. Oh, I like that.
2: Yeah. Well, that that's what that's what this reports saying that we Why is there bu- no Bixby home? A, a standalone, yeah. Well, because they've got enough. Samsung already got enough products to include Bixby in. Okay. Although they do, uh, they do have an audio lab, and they've created some very compelling sound. Just saying, products, if, you, if
1: you're going to go all products. in, if you're going to go all in on Bixby, you may as well have well, a little. Well,
2: it'll probably be a smart speaker, probably in the second half of the year. They've got a I've been to this
1: audio lab. As we've said before, right, yeah. there's a big chance there's going to be a hot new band hit the market on YouTube Music, Spotify and Apple Music We called the Smart Speakers, you know, <laughs> featuring not sporty... What are they called? What are the, who are the Spice calls? Name <laughs> them all. Go. Sporty Spice. Yep. Posh Spice. Yep. Baby Spice. Yep. Um, this is getting more embarrassing but, uh, by how, the minute.
2: How many are there, five of these? Sporty, Posh. Spoy- what are you saying? Sporty, Posh, Baby. All right. Um, ginger, ginger spice. Yeah. Is that Good an actual name? Yeah, ginger spice. Is that ginger. her actual name? Yeah, yeah no, that's it's not her actual name. She's married to Christian spice. Horner. The so boss of it, Red Bull. Is there five? Of them? Is there four is or there five? five? I think, no, I think there's five. There's five. You're missing one. I've gone to the audience. You're missing
1: one, which I'm proud of. I'm glad you didn't get them yeah. all because the 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 modern <laughs> version is Alexa, Siri, Bixby, Google.
2: Yeah. Is there another one? No. no. Alexa, Siri, Bixby, yeah. Google. And just just for a bit of fun, we're going to say, Hey Google. So everyone's speakers are already... Or, hey Siri. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're gonna get hey tweets Siri, now. call mum. Oh,
1: you know, here's, here's a good one. Alexa. And no one's things went off because no one's got
2: one. <laughs> Mate, we won't get well, a single tweet. We'll, we'll get right.
1: 10 tweets from people saying stop talking to Google. we we'll get 15 tweets from people saying stop, stop talking sort of to Siri. <laughs> we won't get a single tweet from anyone saying stop talking
2: to Alexa. Okay. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. No, one, no one's speakers are going off. We, we don't appeal to that uh, demographic. Maybe though. no one's buying what them. What is it? You think so? Never
1: met anyone that owns one. Okay.
2: Oh, I have. Anyway, you mix in different circles. I do, yeah. Well, uh, just getting back to what I we're talking Ford about. reckon had got one. The, absolutely. He's probably got all of them, mate. He's tested them all. There are 17.1, on average, connected devices in the Australian household today. You're all below average. How many do you reckon there's going to be? By 2022, what do you think is the... So what is uh, we're 13.7 now. This we're talking average right. You're not average. 13.7 13 now. Point you're seven, saying 4 uh, years. Sorry, away? 17.1 now. Right. And that's up from 13.7 last year. Okay. So, so then by 2022 what do you reckon? I've got the reckons 27 higher. 37. Correct. Really? 37. So uh, a, by 2022. So that that's going to be more than uh that's almost double oh, okay. that's more than double in 4 years time.
1: Without going into great detail, let's let's play that out a bit a bit. A little bit. You buy firstly you buy the smart speaker. That's one speaker. So we're going from seven. We're adding twenty, are we? We're adding. We're going from seventeen go on average to
2: thirty-seven. But don't forget, one of them like they could be multiples of the same thing. So you no, might no, have no. multiple lights. But and, I'm saying yeah, you're yeah. going from. You, we're adding twenty, right? Th- yes. So I'm are. saying
1: smart speaker, yep. like four light bulbs, sensors, TV, fridge. Because you've got to remember yep. this is oh, it's four years away, so it's not a lot of purchasing yep. of TVs and stuff. So we're talking
2: motion sensors.
1: Nah, uh, he's uh, out alarms, his... nah, he's talking about alarms,
2: doorbells, talking about his Light, I range. think lights because you can have mate, you can have eight lights, ten lights just there. That's ten off. Four your list. years, that's too soon. So he's kidding. That's a rough oh, well, projection, but that, that's what he thinks. But go back to your he also says that the smart speaker customers, eighty-seven percent are also looking now for more advanced IoT functionality. So they want more, more devices to connect to the network. I can tell.
1: did this for SEO. Just <laughs> well, to
2: own own IoT. It
1: worked. It worked. Anyway, anyway I've, uh, I've written Stevens, about all of those on Stephen's got all the details up at techguide.com.au. Two
0: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
1: Fenwick. Well, if you're looking for, uh, if you have got a smart home, one of the things you need is smart Wi-Fi and consistent Wi-Fi right across your home. And uh, the good people at Netgear have the product for you. That is the Netgear Orbi. Uh, Wi-Fi system. It's a system because it's not just one box that sits with your modem. It's a, it's a bunch of boxes, one or two or three or more. But initially, just one box that sits with your modem, and then a satellite, and that satellite and that modem uh, router create uh, an unbelievable uh, Wi-Fi network across your home. You can keep your existing modem. So you've just signed up to the NBN. you with any telco. You don't have to get a new modem. You simply, I, what I do is I disable the Wi-Fi in the in the telco modem. Add to that the Netgear Orbi system and you've got a complete fast network all across your home. It's, it's. I've recommended this, I reckon, every week to at least three people on the radio and I've never, ever had someone come back and say it didn't do what you said it would do. Um, people who want Wi-Fi speed, people who want Wi-Fi range always end up with a happy happy family and a happy wife, happy life kind of situation, Stephen, with your Wi-Fi too, uh, with a Netgear Orbi. You can find them at JB Hi-Fi and other places, netgear.com slash Orbi. Well, Stephen, um, there is a bit of drama Sorry, at the before moment. Before you continue, <clears throat> okay,
2: the, the spice girl we were missing was Scary Spice, Scary Spice, Forty Spice, Baby Spice, Ginger I Spice. I had
1: respect for you when you didn't know the answer, and then you googled I it. I googled mate. it. Yeah. It's
2: embarrassing. Wikipedia's got quite a solid Wikipedia. You now, there's the people going. List. They
1: were going to tweet us, and now they're not going. to. Well, should have left them hanging. They would have tweeted back then. At that point of the podcast, interesting to see whether people do. Anyway, um, bit of drama. Remember, we talked last week about ZTE and their drama with yes. North Korea um, and America. Yep. Then you've got like, plenty of drama around the world about Huawei and whether or not they're, they've got whatever they're going on with their software and hardware. Another company that gets that kind of attention is Kaspersky. And now I, I don't I don't have the full background here, but there's enough drama around Kaspersky being a Russian company yeah. and whether or not the Russian government Russians or spy have agencies best uh, no. as, as internet. And so things. there's there was an expose at some point where someone f- digged into the software and, and thought that that it was um it was basically sharing information about users. So this this cloud hangs over them, especially yeah. when you're trying to do defense contracts and government contracts. It's a, it's almost a big red line through your name. I find it fascinating and I absolutely applaud Eugene Kaspersky for this move because he's spending billions on it. They are moving their basically their entire data center and software production process to the, to Switzerland, right? The neutral third party. Yeah, smart. I think this is brilliant because what they're doing is setting up a third party to oversee the implementation a third party to monitor it. And they're saying that essentially the way they develop software, you know, so when a new bit of code gets rolled out, it goes through this system, through this process. That's all going to be in Switzerland. It's not going to be in, uh, in, in Russia. And the data centre, so my data, your data, they might the Russians will still use a Russian data centre because it's cheaper. But mm. um, the, my data, your data and a bunch of other countries will be in Switzerland. Yeah. Mate, I think from a PR perspective, this is brilliant. Because now, Eugene Kaspersky, whenever asked, can say, listen, I've told you time and time again. But they've got nothing to do with it. The government knows nothing. Our software is clear. And to demonstrate that, I've gone even further. I've spent billions of dollars, and I've invested in this. Yep. You cannot question me
2: now. And I think it's brilliant, mate. It's I'm part of the, they're calling it the Global Transparency Initiative, Yeah, which is the saying well essentially it is. yeah they 're just so, saying listen uh, we 're trying to be
1: hands in the air open because you ca- look kaspersky 's a massive company. we talked about norton you 've really only got your mm. tentpoles trend Norton, Kaspersky, mm. and McAfee, right They're yeah. your four tentpole security companies, and they 're all they 're all about as good as each other when it comes to knowing what 's going on on the internet right yeah. but any any cloud hangs over one of them, and you have this whole problem of how do we gain users' trust and credibility so I think it 's smart, and it's I smart think move. that Maybe it's indicative of of uh, the problems that others have in terms of ownership and the like with you know ZTE and Huawei, because you know it's not like Huawei can say, well, we're just going to suddenly you know move everything offshore. Their whole their yeah, whole, whole DNA there, yeah. is is China, and Massive and that move. that's not easy. Whereas that, Eugene Kaspersky is an independent human being, who just happens yeah. to be Russian, who's gone, we'll bugger it, we'll yeah. just throw the money at
2: it. So what well, they're saying by the end of 2019, the lab will uh, will establish the data center in Zurich. Yep. And it will process all information for users in Europe, North America, Singapore and Australia, Japan and South Korea with more countries to follow, of course.
1: I I just think
2: uh, a huge shout out. I think it's a good move. I think it's a
1: smart move from a... From an e- every perspective, I think, and I'm not saying it's as big as, but, you know, we've talked about Samsung's massive PR win since the dramas of the Note 7. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just all upwards, right? And, Absolutely. And no one would have yep. thought you could recover from that. I think that in this case, you look at something, someone that's got this kind of cloud hanging over them, mm-hmm. I think we'll look back on this and go, well, others should should follow suit. And if you want transparency, you've got to create it. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, you, it's a good you story.
2: You've got to, uh, actions speak louder than words here. On. So Spot that's on. That's a good move on Kaspersky's part. Full
1: details at uh, eftm.com.
2: Interesting little story uh, coming out of Microsoft, and in uh, more more to do with their Xbox actually. And uh, they've just developed a new adaptive controller. This, now, this this is confusing, but brilliant.
1: Well, what it is is a, and can, I'll, 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 can I stop you? You yeah. know what happened? I got this email There's a picture of this controller. Mm-hmm. I firstly checked if it was April Fool's Day. I thought, what the hell is this? I thought like, What same. is this? What is yeah. this? Is it a gag? Is it, are no. they trying to trick me into something? No. And, it, you know, look, we, we get a lot of emails. Sometimes you don't read the whole thing and you're thinking, what are you doing? But this got my attention to think, okay, what do you
2: mean? It's a brilliant story. Well, to preface what I'm about to say, Microsoft's mission statement is to empower every person and every organization to achieve more. Now, in this case, we're talking about an adaptive controller, so a product for the Xbox but designed for gamers with limited mobility. So there's not, there are people who, uh, various, for various reasons, can't hold a controller properly. Yep. They struggle with the regular controllers. Yep. So what Microsoft has done is come up with this controller. It's got two massive buttons, but there's also all these other reprogrammable buttons that can be uh, made to imitate standard controller button inputs. Yep. You can also connect other third-party products as well yep. and control them through this as well.
1: And and here's the thing: the most important part of this whole story, because this is a like it's a big deal for the for the accessibility community, if, if I can be so so simple as to say say it like that. Um, but normally I would have thought, okay, well, this is you know, it's going to be an expensive bit of kit,
2: 99 dollars US,
1: a hundred US dollars. Let's like call it 150 here. here, right? Yeah. This is this is something that you know doesn't matter what your accessibility issue is, whether it's just thumb controls mm. or whether it's you know whole hand control. Yep. It's creating
2: a new way of using the Xbox that didn't exist before. The good thing, too, is that they they didn't think we can do this on our own. Mm -hmm. They actually consulted. They did it in partnership with uh, companies like organizations like the Able Gamers Charity, Mm -hmm. the Cerebral Palsy Foundation as well, uh, and and other other entities there. So they they had all this input from these other organizations and collaborated with them to come up with what is now the adaptive controller, which is is terrific. You, you, You want everyone to be able to have an opportunity to enjoy the same things that everyone else does. And yep. this is a great way for uh, players with uh, with limited mobility to uh, be able to enjoy the games as much as we can. Spot on. It's a great product, a great idea, and a great initiative. And it, it, it's it's one of
1: those, um, you know, gotta, you got to walk the talk uh, moments. You know, if you're going to have that as your mission statement, you should follow through with your product level. So well, well done, Microsoft, on that one. Details of the Xbox controller are up at techguide.com.au. <laughs> You're listening to
0: Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
1: Well, Stephen, let's wrap up with the Minute Reviews, as we always do. And as the um, qualified drone pilot among us, You've been out flying again.
2: I have, yeah. This is uh, the Tello drone, uh, made by Rise Tech, but that's actually, they use a lot of DJI's technology on board. So you can technically say this is a little mini DJI It does look, look a bit like a mini DJI It looks too. like a mini Spark, yeah. Yep. This is even smaller. It fits in the palm of your hand and designed for, I think, more for your entry-level flyer. Someone just wants to have a bit of fun, maybe give it to a child. Even an adult can have a bit of fun with this, use it as like a bit of a selfie, flying selfie camera and it is all automated through an app so takeoffs landings is just a press of a button really simple to control gives you a bit of a tutorial on the fly does things like can land in an, on your hand and take off from your hand there's also throw to fly so you just throw it in the air and it takes off really stable little drone which is the problem with most yeah.
1: mini drones is they're actually they're rubbish tricky
2: yeah that's right they're very tricky this has got really good stability they just sit there really easy to control with the app uh, so you can then take your photos and videos what's the video f- like stable video quality yeah, not- it is stabilized yes. yeah, not bad 720p can work up to 100 metres away. Uh, it's got a 5-megapixel camera. There's a photo of me I took with it. You know, photo's good, not great, but if you're using it as a, as a selfie camera, it, it, it does the job. But it's really easy to fly, and a lot of uh, it's got a couple of uh, fly, like auto flight things where you can do circuits and orbits and stuff, stuff like that. So you can capture pretty pretty decent-looking video, mm. even if you've never flown a drone before in your life. It's 169 bucks, so affordable, and but has the quality. You can have a lot of fun flying it. It's, it's a really, really stable drone, and you can even take it further. You can even learn to program the drone as well. So nice. a little bit, if you want to, if you're a child or you, you, want, to, you want to give this to, to your son or daughter, they can sort of learn a bit of coding and use this through the, the Tello Software Developers Kit as well, have a bit of fun that way as well.
1: Nice. It's the uh, Tello drone, and you can find it at techguide.com.au. You mentioned We mentioned the P20 last week because of the launch. Uh, it's actually available as of the moment we speak today, yeah, in, today. In, in Australia. Um, and you've been using it now for a couple of weeks. I've been using it for about
2: a week or a few days. It's Mate, it's a very, very nice smartphone. It is, and, and I think it's it's a device that Huawei's proven that they can compete with Samsung and Apple here. This has got the, the we've spoken about earlier, the, the three-lens camera system that, let's face it, this is the flagship feature of the device is the camera. No doubt. So while it's got a great camera and uh, it it does have, though, things that uh, there are a few things missing. Right. So it's not a perfect phone, but let's face it, our phone is our camera. You don't buy a phone because it makes better phone calls than another. You buy a phone because it looks good, and this does. It's got especially the twilight finish, which is a nice purpley-blue-pinky yep. sort of color. But it's the camera that the really, that really state, uh, takes the cake here. And uh, camera-wise, and I've used it to, for night shots. And I love the fact that you can aim it. Like, I aimed it at my Dalmatians, and it says, it identify. The like, there's, there's a dog here. There's a dog here. It first came out, and the mate is there. Yeah. Yep. If you're pointing at some flowers, it says flowers. If you're pointing to the sky, it says sky. And it does instant Photoshopping of your image. If you have it in the vivid mode, it really pumps up the colors and really makes your photo look amazing. But I want to talk about, though, the things that aren't there.
1: Yep. Because th- th- we've got to remember, we talked about last week, it's a $1,099 phone. So yep. it's bucket loads cheaper than the other guys. But, you know, we like to think that, you know, head to head, it's it's as good.
2: So what are we missing? Well, it doesn't have a micro SD card slot. No expandable memory. You can you've got your SIM card, and the tray is actually quite big. There would be room there, to have r- it. There's t- it's got two yeah. SIM slots. Well, that you can have two SIMs so if you want to. So there's room for a bloody. You, you could easily you have, could put have a it. micro SD. You
1: could uh, we be given the choice might have been better. So my problem was, I sat down at my desk and I went, put it down, not charging. I've got a wireless no, charger. No, like it, no wireless charging. How, is, how does a phone Again, not have wireless charging? Well,
2: I think that it was a strange choice. I rated my review. phone, yeah. wireless charging. Like when, you know, when, when Apple and Samsung are doing it and you're not, you sort of kind of stand out for the wrong reasons yep. there. So that, that was interesting choice as well. The other interesting choice was having the home button. In this day and age where they're trying to maximise screen yeah. screen size and you know, they've got razor-thin bezels and really they've got a notch even to sort of give it as much room as possible. They stick a home button down at the bottom. Without that home button, that was another odd choice where the screen could have gone all the way to the bottom. But stick the stick the fingerprint reader on the back of the phone, like their other devices used yeah. to have, and I think it was, it was the Mate Ten Pro has the the the, the fingerprint reader on the back. Yeah. But that that again was an odd choice. But overall, though, I think it, it, this this is a phone, an Android device that could very well lure. Customers away from totally. Samsung and Apple. Could, this could be the one that sort of yep. says, "You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a go." Especially on the quality of that camera, which is ranked by Mark as the best in the world by yeah, a mile. It,
1: look, yeah, and you know what? The front camera is pretty good too. I, I, I yeah. don't often take selfies, but I did the other night. I did it like an Insta story. with Harry yeah. was sick, and I, and I, I took, the, took the photo. Poor little fellow. And then I went, "Crap, that's a good, that's a nice shot." Like yeah. it came up really oh, well. It's fantastic. And even so, the zoom
2: is really impressive. I did. Yeah, thing. Your, your clock towers. Yeah. Right, so right, so right. I, I did uh, the normal zoom three times, five times, ten times, and even the 10 times picture is sharp as a pin. Yeah, it's very so nice. That is terrific. And you, you're talking about a 40-megapixel lens, 20-megapixel lens, and an 8-megapixel telephoto lens as well. Yeah. So plenty of d- technology built into that camera. And that is the key selling point. If you, if you want a camera that you can use, not only what I said in the review was that it, the 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 appeal of the product is the fact it takes great photos but there's no effort to take those great yeah. photos it does everything but if you do want to take control and with the pro mode you can do that as well so there's plenty of shooting modes you can enjoy check it out techguide.com.au
0: two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
1: Fennick. Well, Stephen, that's uh, three forty-three in the can. What do you know about tenancy law in New South Wales? Tenancy law, yeah, like squatting and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so you don't want to leave, do you? Well, if you we stay, stay here, <laughs> here, do we take ownership in some way? Because I've heard I've heard horror stories from landlords who couldn't kick their tenants out. Yeah, just wondering if we just stay here.
2: I reckon. How do they get rid of us? Within an hour, we'll be both in a headlock by see, with a. Who's going to headlock studios. us? <laughs> hey, good luck. <laughs> No, nah, I reckon we we'll just stick around. Good, yeah, I wouldn't mind yeah. spending the weekend here. Actually, should have nice. bought your bathers, mate. Should have. Yeah. Not who, for the beach.
1: There's who, a bloody pool. Who's to say I haven't got them on right now, Trevor? Stephen, <laughs> that is not an image anyone needs. I've been there, done that in Bali, friend. I'm I love it. we'll be back again next week with another another episode. Although, when do you get back from uh, Vietnam? Are you going to check uh, out the QLED factory next the
2: week? QLED factory in Vietnam. Yeah, uh, I I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not back till Saturday morning, so we might have to be uh, following week for. Three, we'll do, full, a, we'll do a Monday morning then. Yeah.
1: All right, rock and roll, uh, two blokes talking tech. Uh, thanks to Uniden and Netgear. Check it out, uh, everything we do at techguide.com.au and efgm.com. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Finnick. You can follow me at Trevor Long. Jump on the podcast app, leave a rating, a review, and uh, feel free to give us some feedback. We love it. Not the negative stuff, that's
2: rubbish. Especially the five-star feedback, that's even better. That's the only
1: stuff we want. Yeah.